Media Lens on Sabahul Muslim with Ibrahim D. Yes, it is the Media Lens and it's just gone 7.45 Central African time. You are listening to Sabahul Muslim on Radio Islam International. Ibrahim, assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Let's talk about the Red Sea shipping halt that uh, we are currently witnessing. Tell us what is this all about? Yeah, so what has happened is, you know, since the start of the recent, uh, you know, massacres in, in, in Gaza, um, you know, many other countries and, I mean, at least groupings have tried to express their support and, you know, in a sense, none more so than the Houthis in Yemen. Um, and, you know, I mean, they've been, they've actually initially tried uh, uh, directly uh, attacking, uh, uh, you know, Israel, Israel itself. But, you know, the drones were then in, were intercepted. They also wanted to send fighters uh, to Gaza. Didn't happen. And, you know, they found out a more unique way of actually working. And so what they then started doing ever since, you know, a few weeks ago was attacking cargo ships traversing uh, the Babel Mindem Strait. Now, you know, when we understand the Red Sea, the Babel Mindem Strait is called what they call the Strait of Tears. It's a 20 mile wide strait where uh, what, 12% of global trade falls through, but 30% of global container shipping. So all the oil the gas, most of it comes through Babel Mindem and it goes through, you know, then the, uh, the Suez Canal, the Mediterranean. Um, you know, what has happened is since, since the attacks which have now gotten worse over the past week, uh, you know, seven of the ten largest shipping companies have actually halted shipping through the Babel Mindem Strait, diverting it through the Cape of Good Hope. Uh, and that's actually a two-week longer distance. So mm-hmm. we see, for example, oil prices going up. Um, so it does show that, you know, that there is ways of actually uh, 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 impacting, uh, you know, uh, uh, the calculations of Western countries on Israel, Palestine. Uh, you know, the U.S. Have, has since responded by actually trying to, um, you know, create a, a maritime shipping uh, coalition. But, you know, I mean, there's so many ships traversing, uh, you know, that strait at any time that it's very difficult to actually patrol and protect, uh, in a sense, these ships. Mm. Let's talk about uh, the fuel prices uh, in specific. I know you alluded to that uh, just a while ago. But let's talk about it in greater detail. How will this all impact on the uh, price of oil? So the price of oil has gone up by $4 a barrel, so from $75 to $79 in the past few days. Um, and if there's any more delays, it will go up even further. But the, 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 the going up is not because of a scarcity of supply. It's because it will take two day, two weeks longer for these ships now to get to their destinations because they have to go around Cape Town. Um, and so for this initial period, there will be, a, you know, a worsening of the oil prices uh, until, in a sense, that supply, you know, becomes a bit more. But, you know, I mean, obviously increased travel costs mean increased, increased shipping fuel, which would also, you know, lend itself to increased costs. Also, you know, insurance costs have increased, which also goes well then increase the, the cost of fuel. Now, what is the main uh, dampener, in a sense, or at least... Uh, constraints to, to, to rapid fuel price increases is a slowdown in the Chinese economy, uh, you know, the, the, the continued slowdown in Europe. And that's actually meaning that demand for oil is actually less than the supply at times. And so even though OPEC is trying to crack down on uh, or cut supply, uh, you know, oil prices, are, it looks like it's stable within that 75 to $85 bin. Uh, you know, if there's any more uh, shipping 
constraints, for example, you know, attacks in 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 places like Somalia, uh, you know, then we may see a, even more rapid escalation in in in, in fuel prices. Mm. And how's the media been covering this? You know, when we look at the media coverage, it's just basically these Houthis attacking global shipping. Um, you know, very little context. Very little, uh, uh, um, you know, uh, context. Very little, uh, you know, very po by po. Uh, I'm missing the very biased coverage and not looking at the fact that currently, while this is happening, the U.S. actually sent a warship into the Red Sea. That there's a whole lot of U.S. warships in the Red Sea. That also, you know, for the past couple of years, the U.S. Have, has actually been commandeering many ships tra- traveling to Yemen. I mean, yes, many of them have had arms on them, but many commercial ships also. Uh, you know that was suspected of, of 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 finding and financing the Houthis. So you know there's no uh, there's no in a sense uh, objective coverage, um, you know of 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 the attacks, no objective coverage of the reasons for the attacks, uh, and also no objective co- coverage of the consequences of the attacks. And that that actually means you know it's similar to the media coverage, uh, you know that we just seen on Israel Palestine. The only difference is that. You know, in Israel, Palestine, there's generally been a bit better coverage in, in Al Jazeera, you know, on, on, on what you'd call global eastern media. Whereas when it comes to this year, there is no real, no real contextualized coverage on most media outlets. And that's, you know, that actually fuels the sentiment of, uh, uh, of the Houthis just doing, making and undertaking an irrational move when in actual fact it's very rational and has very real consequences that, you know, uh, actually show that, you know, some some people uh, in the Middle East, uh, you know, haven't yet uh, foregone the Palestinian cause. And if things continue the way they are at the moment, uh, what can we foresee for the immediate future? You know, many are talking about uh, if the U.S. is forced to intervene and there's a direct con confrontation between the Houthis and the U.S. And I don't think that will happen. I mean, yes, the, you know, there has already been firing down of a few Houthi drones, uh, you know, by U.S. and Norwegian uh, ships. Um, uh, you know, what it may, ha- what may happen is if, if, if this continues, uh, you know, we may start seeing the U.S. try to put pressure on the Saudis, uh, you know, uh, or at least in the Yemeni peace process, you know, which seems to be progressing uh, the saudis want to go out of the, you know want to exit from the yemeni crisis and and, and they need a, a peace process so there may be pressure on that uh, you know but in terms of actual conflict there isn't going to be uh, you know cargo trade will 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 reduce but it, it doesn't affect south africa so much as it would affect europe and you know many middle eastern countries you know who require the the strait to actually uh, trade um uh, and yeah, I mean, so you know, in, in a sense, it's 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 limited, but also uh, you know, would you know, does provide or, or show that you know there can be consequences for you know Israel's continued in in, in intervention or continued massacres and and and, and you know, in sense, ethnic cleansing in 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 Palestine. How do the regional players fit into all of this? You have uh, you know the Gulf state and all of the UAE and all of them. How are they playing all of this? So it's very interesting, you know, the Maritime, the Maritime uh, um, uh, Coalition was formed uh, on Monday. And we look at the countries that are part of the coalition is the U.S., the Canadians, the Norwegians. Uh, you know, there's no, and, and I think, uh, you know, because many wouldn't want to be seen as actually uh, doing anything, uh, even though your Saudi Arabia, your, your United Arab Emirates and your, 
uh, you know, especially those countries uh, are, are, are very wary of the Houthis and, and wouldn't want what is happening to happen. The Iranians are supporting it. So when we look at that coalition, there's no Middle Eastern countries as part of that coalition except Bahrain. Uh, you know, and Bahrain generally is what the Saudis think. Uh, so the Saudis are quite quite antagonistic. Uh, you know, don't see it as beneficial. Uh, you know, much of the rest of the region uh, doesn't also see it as beneficial because, you know, many of them are benefiting from the from the relations with Israel, at least the leadership, not the people. Um, so your UAE has, hasn't said anything. Uh, you know, what, what, what big shipping in the area. Qatar hasn't also said anything. And, you know, the Iranians would actually benefit uh, uh, from it, even if, you know, an oil price increase benefits them. But also, you know, they, you know, one of the Houthis' main backers and haven't, you know, seemed to uh, have previously coordinated activities with the Houthis. And just speaking about the Houthis themselves, I mean, are they a force to reckon with? And the reason why one would ask this question is that, they have a history, I mean, an eight-year war with uh, Saudis, uh, which they managed to pull through. And uh, we know that they are backed by Iran. But as a force um, in the region, will the United States be worried about them? I mean, I think, you know, when it comes to the, 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 the Yemeni-Saudi conflict, yes, they, they are force because they have a lot of trained fighters. Uh, you know, uh, but more than that, they share a border with Saudi Arabia and they actually do have a decent amount of popular legitimacy, especially within, you know, the the north. And that's the more popular part of Yemen in a sense, the more, uh, you know, uh, the, um, demographically popular part from Yemen. So in that sense, yes, they do, they do have power. But, you know, in the sense of can they actually uh, or actually uh, 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 really uh, frustrate the U.S.? No, I mean, they're using very rudimentary weapons. Uh, you know, uh, 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 there's a few SCUD missiles that that were intercepted, but for the most part, it's grad missiles, it's it's drones, which you know don't allow them to project power very far. Uh, mm. yeah, and and their main aim is to actually frustrate what is going on in this in 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 the Red Sea because containers don't actually have any you know protective or military protection with them. Uh, mm. And so, in terms of a real combat with the U.S., no, I don't think they do, first, you know, they do really bother the U.S., but they bother the U.S. in the sense that it's actually impinging on its interests in protecting Israel. Uh, and that's why we're seeing this formation of this coalition. Prime Jazakallah khairan for the update. We chat to you next week, inshallah. Shukran for having me. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Wa alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa